Welcome to the Understanding Society podcast series. My name's Chris Garrington, and in today's podcast, I'm talking to Professors Mikhaila Benzaval and Mina Kumari from the team behind the survey about unprecedented health data on thousands of its participants, which are now available to researchers. Every year we ask people about their health. We ask them about what kind of conditions they've got, whether they've had to go and see the doctor or go into hospital. And we ask them things that enable us to assess how well their mental health is and how well they're functioning physically. So a range of questions that are really people telling us about their health. And those data have been used from Understanding Society and the British Household Panel study beforehand so that we can look at changes, for example, in people's mental health over 20 years. So as people age, what happens to their health, but also how their social lives and aspects of that affect people's health. More recently, we did a nurse interview. The nurses measured their waist and their height and their weight, so we were able to look at issues around obesity. But they also measured things like people's blood pressure, and lung function and grip strength. So what sorts of things have researchers been doing with this information to date? So some of the things that researchers have done, for example, there's been a study that's looked at people's lung function, how well people can breathe, Uh, in people who are aged over 90 because one of the really good things about understanding society is that we have the whole age group and we have enough people in it to look at really specialised subgroups of the populations. Other people have done a a study looking at grip strength. So grip strength is how strong your upper body is but it's a really good measure of frailty and most studies that have used it have only used it in the later stages of life. But again, we have it from when people are age 16. So we can kind of look at when people peak in terms of their grip strength and when they decline. And so there's a big study just been published that has done that across uh, that whole age range. Some participants in the study have provided blood samples and information from those is about just about to become uh, available to researchers. Talk us through what's been happening and what will be available to researchers when. We're really excited about this. So about 13,000 people, a huge number of people, have given us, very kindly given us blood samples to use in analysis. And so we've been working with some labs to process them to identify a range of markers that you might find in people's blood that are important predictors of different kinds of illnesses or how healthy people are. So we have markers for people's liver function and kidney function. We have markers about cholesterol and whether you've got good or bad kind of fat in your blood. Mina, you've also been looking at inflammation. I wonder if you can explain the the, the thinking behind that. Inflammation is your response to being infected possibly or to just having wounds or traumas or even if you've had a recent cold, that kind of thing. We've measured inflammatory markers, which are really interesting because they're um, important markers of ageing. So how quickly you might be ageing in terms of your biology rather than your actual chronological age. What researchers have used these data for are to think about how they might be related to disease. The great strength of understanding society is that researchers who are interested in things like the social environment can look at these biomarkers and look to see how the social environment gets under the skin to cause changes in health, how that might happen in terms of pathways. So how do where you live or the sorts of stresses that you're exposed to, how does that change your biology? What happens to you? Does it change your cholesterols? Does it change your inflammatory markers? Does it change 
your liver function markers to cause changes in health and other outcomes. So those are the sorts of things we're hoping that researchers will use the data for. And the, really the great strength of understanding society is that we've got these super measures of the environment and now we've got these super measures of health and biology. Michaela, wearing your researcher hat, what sorts of things are you looking forward to using this information for? So I'm really interested in inequalities in health and how people living in disadvantaged circumstances have poorer health than others and why that is. And as Mina said, you know, one of the really exciting things is understanding society has this wealth of data about people's social and economic lives that we can relate to their health. So I'm really interested in the fact that given we have this huge age span in understanding society, we can see when inequalities in health emerge in these different kinds of markers of disease and then from that we'll be able to identify the ways in which we might be able to intervene and improve people's health and importantly reduce those inequalities which is a key government goal but we're not very knowledgeable about when we might do what to tackle that. Now, Mina, around 10,000 of the participants have agreed to have their genome scanned. Now, I wonder if you can just start by explaining exactly what that means. People have an idea of DNA and the code which is in our chromosomes in our cells and which we can measure in from blood sample. So what we've done from the blood sample that everybody gave to us is extract the DNA and from the DNA we can measure this code. What we're interested in is when people vary in this code between each other, we can see how that is related to other outcomes like their health or their cholesterol or their inflammatory markers. So what we've done is in 10,000 people is, is measure these points of variation across all of their chromosomes, all of their, which is in their DNA. How do you envisage that researchers will be using this, this new information in conjunction with all of the other rich stuff that we've talked about that's in the study? We think we know kind of the gene for something, gene for heart disease, gene for being fat, gene for Alzheimer's disease. But uh, a lot of the time we have to kind of do these experiments or these analyses across different studies. And we think that what's one of the uses of the Understanding Society dataset is that people will use our data to just check that their initial findings are correct. That's one use of the DNA data. The other thing that we're hoping people will do with the dataset is to do things like gene environment studies. So where you're exposed to a certain environment, does how you react to that environment vary by your genetic makeup? Something like that. And we think that'll be a really exciting use of the data set. And the other um, use of the data is if you think there's a gene for whether you drink alcohol or not, it's likely to be there early in your life. And so your kind of exposure to drinking alcohol or not is going to vary across your life. And that might then relate to some of the outcomes that we've talked about. So health and cognitive function, which is things like memory. And we think that people might use the, use the data like that. So to use the genetic data to try and understand environmental things or behavioural things. So some fantastic data available. So the big question in most researchers' minds now, I guess, is how can I get hold of it? When can I get hold of it? Information from the nurse visit, things that have been measured, is already available in the UK Data Service archive. And the blood measures that we talked about earlier, they're going to be added to that. So things like cholesterol and inflammatory markers, they're just going to become part of the normal understanding society data files in the uh, UK Data Service archives. 
for the genetics data, things are a, a little bit different. There's an, going to be an application form on the Understanding Society website for people to fill in so that they can access both the genetic data and um, the other data so that they can look at the things Mina was talking about. And we need to do that so that we can look at the kinds of things people want to look at together to make sure that we keep our promises to participants about protecting their information and privacy. So we do a special work to look at those data before we release them to researchers. But it's still easy for researchers to access these data that way. They just need to fill in a form and we just look at it a bit more carefully to make sure that everything matches our promises to our participants. Yeah, understood. And I wonder what sort of help is available. This is all quite new for social scientists. I mean, they're finding their way and, and they need help and support. What sort of help and support can the team at Understanding Society offer? So we're really keen to uh, be helping other researchers use these data. We've written a user guide which explains for each of the biomarkers what it is, what exactly it does in your body, and then how you might use it in your research. So if there are things you need to consider, so for example, if you're analysing cholesterol, thinking about medications people might be taking that would affect that. So we've, we've written a guide. We're running a training course, which is our first kind of training about these issues. And then in December, on December the 10th, we're uh, launching these data. And that will both kind of explain the data and how you access them and some of the issues you need to consider, but also kind of show some case studies of the kinds of research that you can do with the data. So we're really looking forward to that. Beyond that, we will continue to provide training courses based on feedback, maybe change what we do. Um, and we're hoping to work with different kinds of researchers, for example, geographers and sociologists, to use these data where they perhaps haven't done that before and help them do that and then present it in those kind of different disciplines as a way of spreading the word about how exciting these data are and how helpful they can be in different social science settings. What's your message to researchers out there who might be thinking, oh, I'd like to, I'd like to, but not quite sure how to, how to proceed? They shouldn't be frightened of these data. They're just normal kinds of variables that you'd find in a data file and you might need to kind of know a little bit more about some of the biology to know how to address them but we are providing help on that and you can ask us questions so don't be frightened it's really exciting opportunity to understand the biology of how our social lives affect our health and we really hope that researchers take that up. There's lots of information about the health data in Understanding Society on the study's website at www.understandingsociety.ac.uk. You can also sign up for updates or follow the latest developments on the study on our Twitter account, at Hugh Society. This was a research podcast production.